Good morning. So I just want to give you guys a little, um, a very small update on our Kingdom Kids program. As most of you guys know, we started this about a year ago now, a little over a year ago now. Um, we started out having between zero and two kids, and I'm happy to tell you that we are averaging between six to ten kids now within just a year. So that is absolutely fantastic. Yes, thank you. Um, we have several teachers. Actually, if you're, if you're a Kingdom Kids teacher, would you please stand up for me this morning? Daryl, Jeanette, Hannah. There we go. Awesome. Thank you, guys. These are the people who make it all happen, and I really appreciate all of them. Um, right now, we're going through the story of the life of Jesus. That's our, our program, and every month, we challenge all of our kids um, from potty train through fifth grade to memorize a verse. And so this morning, I'm going to call up all of our, our kids who are here. You guys want to come up here with me? You can come on this side. So that way they can show you the memory verse that they have learned this month. All right, so let's go on down the line. You want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them how old you are. Testing. Oh, work. My name is Aislinn, and I'm nine years old. Aislinn, nine years old. My name is Carmelo, and I'm seven years old. Carmelo, seven years old. I'm Isaac, I'm six years old. Isaac is six. I'm Griffin, and I'm seven years old. Seven years old today. Today is Griffin's birthday, so happy birthday to Griffin. So our memory verse for this month comes from John chapter 5, verses seven, verse 17, and says, My father never stops working, so I keep working too. You want to quote it for us? My John 5, 17, my father never stops working, so I keep working too. Awesome. John 5, 17, my father will never stop working, so I will keep working too. John 5, 17, my father keeps working, and I will keep working too. John 5, 17, my father... Never stops working, so I keep working too. I just wanted to give you guys that update because it is honestly, I, I got goosebumps right now because that's just super, super encouraging to be able to see. So, like, our, our future church, it's awesome. I mean, they, they're not just the future, I mean, they are our church. So. And I just appreciate you guys for letting me be a part of that. So I just want to thank all of the teachers um, for everything that you guys have been, have been doing and a part of this process. Really, really appreciate you guys and, of course, all of the other Kingdom kids. And for the Kingdom kids who aren't here this morning, because we do have a lot, lot more um, that are unable to be here this morning. So please keep praying for this program. Um, your prayers are working. Um, and then you guys are free to go back and, and sit down. So thank you so much. Let's give them another, another round of applause. Great job, guys. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here and gather in your name. We ask that you please be with Dorian as he speaks to us this morning. Let him be filled with your spirit. Father, please be with us today as we listen and let us remain focused on your word and apply these words to our lives. Thank you for Jesus and for sending him to die for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
morning, church. The scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 5. In the same way, we are many, but in Christ we are all one body. Each one is a part of that body, and each part belongs to all the other parts. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, testing, testing. All right, there we go. All right. How's everybody doing today? Good? Oh, good. Glad to see all of y'all here. All right, real fast, just, just a quick question. I want to take like kind of like a survey. All right, uh, raise your hands if you have a phone. All right, now keep, keep them raised, keep them raised. Now raise your hand if you use your phone like every month. All right, keep them raised if you use them like every week, every day. Using them right now for the Bible app? <laughs> yeah, it's safe to say. But um, real fast, if, whether you're using a paper Bible or you're going to be using your phone Bible, I would please ask that you turn to um, Galatians chapter 6 and then open them up to verse 1. And then I'm just going to hold you guys right there for a minute. I just want to talk to you guys for a second. All right, so we all know that we live in a world where, like I just said, phones. We all have phones. We use them to talk, text. But imagine, let's just, let's just go like way, way back. I mean like dinosaur times. Let's just, let's just think for a second like when they didn't have phones and they had to actually write the letters and send them out to everybody. Okay, imagine going back then and telling everybody, hey, when you go home, I'm going to call you. You're going to do what? what? What is call? What does that mean? I'm going I'm to call you. I'm going to type, of, I'm going to spin the thing. And I'm going to text you. I mean, not text, I'm sorry. I'm going to call you, and then you're going to be on the other side here, and I'm going to just talk to you through a line. You'd be like, man, you're crazy. Boom, they invented phones. You can talk through a landline. And then you're going to go a few years later, however long that was, and then you're going to talk, and you're going to tell them, like, hey, I'm going to be able to walk around the house without using the landline. Like, what are you crazy? It has to stay hooked up to the, or it's not going to work. It has to stay hooked up to that line. A few years later, we get wireless phones. We keep going forward. You're going to tell someone, hey, I'm going to send you a message through this phone. I'm going to send you a message through this phone. I'm going to be able to send you a bunch of words and pictures and, you know, all that good stuff. And they're going to be like, dude, that's, that's impossible. You'll never be able to do that. That's, that doesn't make any sense. How does that even work? We have text messaging now. And then here, here's the best part when you get to it. Imagine telling someone like, let's just say 25 years ago, 25 years ago, like, hey, I will be able to take this, I'll be able to take one of these, look at it, type, type in your phone number or your email or iCloud or whatever, be like, hey, I'm going to talk to you face to face. And I know some of y'all in here probably experienced that. Y'all looking at it like, you're crazy. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. How can I talk to you face to face when you're in a different part of the state, country, world, and now it's possible. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, technology and communication and the way we interact with each other as a whole is just amazing, isn't it? But here's the thing where I have an issue for that. I kind of see it as a problem because, yeah, we have all these cool things. We talk to each other. We communicate over long distances. But when does it come to a point where we don't, where we don't stop, where we just let that become us? When do, when do we start realizing that this technology is starting to not only, yeah, it helps us stay close together, but it starts to divide us. When do we realize that having this technology it changes our way of just existing with each other? Being able to talk to someone over the phone, shoot them a text, yeah, it's cool. Like, hey, how are you doing today? Hey, you want to grab coffee? You want to go grab something to eat? What are you doing tonight? Yeah, that's cool. But what if... What about us spiritually? How does, that, how does that affect us, you know, spiritually, mentally, where we decide, oh, I don't got to go see him, he'll find, I'll just shoot him a text. 
oh, oh man, I feel bad that I missed it tonight. Maybe I'll just call him because face-to-face, y'all can't just decide, oh, I'm tired of talking to him. I'm going to just press the hang up button. No, you can't do that in real life. You got to sit there and you got to talk and, and build that connection, that, that, that feeling with that person, that emotions, that things that you build up over time. And I think that's something that we lost over time. And it's just, it's just kind of not sad, but it's just kind of, you know, weird how we just let these, you know, weird little machines just tell us, well, not tell us, but we let it become part of who we are, and then it changes who we are altogether. And then phones aren't the only things that starts to create a divide. That's a, I just want to say a bare minimum. Like, yeah, we still stay in contact, but what about other things such as sports? Who in here loves football? Who in here loves basketball? Now, we all know that the uh, playoffs, I believe, are in action right now and that we all know that they go to the uh, championship games. And we all know that when you put two people of opposite teams in a room, I'm pretty sure we know how that all goes, right? Everybody rooting for this team, everybody rooting for this team. And then it just comes to a problem where we're so invested in the game that we start to create that. Even though it's little, we start to create that, that little wedge between us. And then stuff like politics, you know, we got, public, we got Republicans, you got Democrats, you know, our viewpoints on the world, that also creates a divide between us. But when, when does it, when, how do we fix that? So, like, you have your Bibles open, if you could turn to uh, Galatians chapter 6. I'm sorry about that. If you can start to Galatians chapter 6, uh, read verses 1 and 2 with me. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make him right again. But be careful, because you might be tempted by sin as well. By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Now, like I said, we live in a world where technology is, communication as a form is nice and all, but something like this. You know, recently me and my mom, we had to take an abrupt move from Haines City over here to Winter Haven. And having all of y'all come to us in our need when we needed y'all the most is I think fantastic. And I'm more than blessed and loved to say that I am a part of the Central Church of Christ family. And I love all of you and I know my mom does as well. But stuff like this, when it says, brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you, are spirit- you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make him right again. We are accountable for each other. If nobody else keeps us in check, who will? Even God says, if your conscience does not condemn you, neither will I. We are, account- we are accountable and responsible for each other because at the end of the day, we are all that we have. We are humans, Christians, Christ followers, whatever you want to call us. We're us, and that's all we got. We're the only people who will be there for each other in our time of needs. We're the people, whether it be good times, bad times, happy times, we are here for each other. And we always will be, all the way from the beginning to the end. And then we all know that Satan, he wants us, he wants us to divide. He, he wants us to separate from each other. He wants us to lose the will to fight. And that's why we need to stay together. If you would turn to actually Ecclesiastes chapter, um, chapter 4, verse 12, real fast. I just want to I just want to throw this verse out there real fast. So if you could please turn there. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 12. It reads, the enemy might defeat one person, but two people together can defend themselves. 
And that's another thing I want to talk about. Like I was trying to touch on earlier, the church. We are one body. We, we are together. We are in this together. We, like I said, we always have been and we always will be. And like I said, I just want to throw that verse out there. But now this next part is going to take a little minute. But if you could please turn to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and then uh, go to verse 12, please. And then I'm not going to read it just yet, but I want y'all, I want y'all just to, I just want y'all to stay there for a second. All right, so we all know how a human body works. You have your brain, you have your hands, feet, legs, arms, stomach, heart, all of that. It all works in tandem together to form the human body. It helps us, it helps us carry out our daily exercises, our daily movement, just the stuff that we do throughout the day, sometimes stuff that you unconsciously know about, but... We are the same with Christ. We are a body of Christ. Like you don't look at you don't look at your foot and be like, "Hey, we need to come up with an answer to this problem." You don't look at your hand and be like, "Hey, what does this taste like?" You don't look at your ear and be like, you, "Are you seeing this?" You don't look at your eyes and you be like, "What does that smell like?" You see what I'm saying? You you don't look at your body and tell it to do what it's not made to do. You don't. And you know, just like everybody here at this church, you have people who come in, they clean stuff. You have people that come and they do. The uh, Lord, they get the Lord's Supper ready. You have people who do regular cooking. You have people like me who come up here and preach and try to spread God's word. You have people who listen and tell other people. We as a church are one body of Christ. We all have a job to do. And, like a, uh, and if you actually read verse 12, it says, a person's body is one thing, but it has many parts. Through, through, though the, there are many parts to a body, all those parts make only one body. Christ is like that also. Some of us are Jews and some are Greeks. Some of us are slaves and some are free. But we are all baptized into one body through one spirit. And we are all made to share in the one spirit. And then like I was going over earlier with your hand and your foot, it reads all this all the way down from f- verse 14. But if you turn to uh, verse 27, it says, Together you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of that body. In the church, God has given a place to first to apostles, second to prophets, and third to teachers. Then God has given a place to those who do miracles, those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who are able to govern, and those who can speak in different languages. Not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are teachers, and not all do miracles. So like I was saying, we're not made to do things for each other. We are made to do our own individual thing and to work together to try to get the job done. Like some of us are teachers, some of us are students, some of us are workers, some of us are buyers, whatever. Your job is whatever purpose God gave you, it was to come together and not to do it individually, but to work in your part to do it together as a whole. Because at the end of the day, we are all trying to go to the same place and we can't do that by ourselves. If we could, there wouldn't be no need to come to church. There wouldn't be no need to rely on other people. God wouldn't send other people to work through us in order to help other people if we could do it all by ourselves, which is why we are a body of Christ, not cells of Christ, body, all together, one. We all work together to help each other. And then we all know, like I said, we're all trying to work together as a body, but we also want to work with God. We all know Jesus. He had the highest place up in heaven, right next to the throne of God. He gave it, he gave it all up to come, to come free us of that, of that cycle of sin that we were so you know, oppressed under, so forced to live by. But by him coming down, he, he became a man. He gave up everything that he had in heaven just to come give us a chance. He, um, he ended up dying on the cross. He ended up overthrowing death. He did all of this 
just so that way we could have a chance to have an eternal life with God, to have a chance to be in paradise forever. No, no more pain, no more sorrow, only joy and happiness. He did all of this, and we need to work together to try to get to that place together, because like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot get there by ourselves, and if we could, I'm pretty sure God would tell us to. And then real fast, if you could turn to Philippians uh, chapter two, and then verses five. And then it reads, in your lives you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Christ himself was like God in everything, but he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And man, he was living as a man. And he was living as a man. He humbled himself and was fully obedient to God. Even when that caused his death, death on the cross, so God raised him to the highest place. God made his name greater than every other name so that every knee will bow to the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under earth. And everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to the Father. So like I said, we are all in this together. We work together to be like Jesus so that we can be closer to God. Jesus came down to make sure that we are able to work together so that we, we can just pray to God ourselves or we can go to a neighbor, we can go to Slay, Lou, or whoever, a leader in the church, and we could work with them and we could figure this out together because we can't do everything by ourselves. Like, like, it's, like the Bible has been trying to tell us because we are humans, we make mistakes, we are sinful, we all need each other. And then I'm pretty sure some of you are familiar with the story of Nehemiah. If you aren't familiar with the story of Nehemiah, uh, what it is is some of the people, I mean, I'm sorry, not some of the people, um, the walls were, their walls were destroyed and he was like, hey, you know, he was talking to, um, he was talking to the king, he was like, hey, let me go rebuild this wall for my people. And he was like, okay, go. He went and rebuilt this wall and we need to, and he, you know, he had all these people he was working with. He, you know, they had different people fixing fountains, different parts of the wall, fixing gates, everybody trying to get this, get this wall. And I believe it actually said it took 52 days in order to fix that wall and everything. Well, besides the houses, but pretty much everything was fixed. It took them 52 days. Now, imagine if all of us went to I-4. I'm pretty sure we can get it done like in a month. You know what I'm saying? I know Dundee, you know. Yeah, y'all know how bad Dundee is. Y'all been down there a couple of times. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so stuff, that project took them 52 days to put that all back. And then it wasn't even like it was a foundation. It was rubble. Like everything was destroyed. It was burnt. And they, from rubble, they rebuilt these walls. They put everything back together. And they made it, they made it good. They made it, their, they made it their home again. They made it safe. They made it. It made it a place to be, to be, a sanctuary is the word I'm looking for. And that's what we're all trying to do is to find that place of sanctuary and we're trying to work together to put it together to find that place of sanctuary. And if we don't have it, we build it. And we gotta not necessarily keep stuff in, but to stop all the stuff that stops us from being closer to God. We keep all the stuff out like they were doing. They, the many people were telling them, you're not gonna get this wall fixed. You're not gonna get this wall done. Oh, we wish the worst on you. But they, all Nehemiah said was, 
I put my faith in God and my people, we will get this wall done, and they got that wall done. No matter what people told them, no matter how they talked to them, no matter how bad they looked down on them, they got that wall done, and they gave all the glory to God where it should be. And then real fast, I just want to uh, close out with Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 5, if you could turn there. In the same way, we are many, but in Christ, we are all one body. Each one is a part of that body, and each part belongs to all the other parts. Like I said, we are all one. Whether it be we're in this part, we're in that part, we're doing this or that, we come from here, we come from there, we are all one, and we are all trying to go to the same place, and we all have the same goal in mind, to go to heaven and be with God.